For many people in the United States, 1948 marked a turning point. World War II had recently ended. A sense of normalcy started to return to the country, but not Fargo, North Dakota. There, nearly 10,000 feet in the air, a veteran fighter pilot named George Gorman forced his plane to make a sharp left turn. He flew at maximum speed, 400 miles per hour, and the G-forces started taking a toll on his body. His ears rang as his vision faded to black. He jerked his head back up. He couldn't afford to pass out. If he did, he'd lose sight of the strange object he was pursuing. He didn't know exactly what it was, but he was too curious to slow down now. Gorman stared down his target and willed his plane to go faster. Finally, he got within a few thousand feet of it and could see it clearly. It looked like some kind of floating orb. About eight inches wide, the globe looked like a ball of white light. But somehow, it shot through the air at hundreds of miles an hour. Gorman tried to catch up, but every time he got close, it swerved in another direction. George Gorman could only think of three words to define the strange floating orb. Unidentified flying object. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our one-part episode on the Gorman UFO fighter flight. On October 1st, 1948, George Gorman engaged in a 27-minute standoff with an unidentified flying object. To this day, it's unknown what the orb actually was or whether it will come back. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The evening of October 1st, 1948, was cool and cloudless in Fargo, North Dakota. 
Around 8.30 p.m., a fleet of National Guard pilots landed at Fargo's Hector Airport. They'd been flying all day, and all but one were exhausted. 25-year-old George Gorman stayed in the air. He'd fought in World War II, but was still relatively young and inexperienced. He needed more practice flying at night, and Fargo's clear skies gave him the perfect opportunity to hone his skills. Night flying presented challenges. It was more difficult for Gorman to see his surroundings, and he felt nervous alone in the dark sky. He saw a brightly lit football stadium in the distance and turned his plane towards the lights. He made a few gentle loops, then headed back towards Hector Airport. Around 9 p.m., about half an hour after his colleagues had landed, Gorman started his descent. He tipped the nose of his plane downward, and then... Something zipped by his window. Gorman looked around. He thought he might have seen the taillights of another plane flying past him, but he couldn't see any other aircraft in the sky. Gorman radioed the Hector Airport control tower and asked if there was anyone else nearby. They confirmed that a small aircraft was hovering about 500 feet below his own, piloted by a man named Dr. A.E. Cannon. Gorman turned his plane just enough to look down. Sure enough, there was Dr. Cannon's vessel. But Gorman had seen the flash right next to his window. Dr. Cannon was too far away for the light to have been him. Gorman righted his plane and looked around. Suddenly, he saw another streak of light. This time, Gorman tracked the glowing ball as it zoomed over the airport. He immediately sped up and chased after it. The orb never veered too far away from the area. Even as it accelerated, banked, and rolled, it stayed in the same general vicinity. But Gorman still couldn't catch up to it. Over the next few minutes, his plane reached 300 miles an hour, then 350, then 400. He was flying at top speed, and it started to make him sick. Gorman's vision faded to black. He almost passed out, but he forced his head upright. He saw the source of the light, a strange round object bobbing in the distance. Even as Gorman flew 400 miles an hour, the orb outpaced him. Gorman radioed the control tower once again. He didn't mention the orb. He asked the operator to double-check that there were no other objects in the sky. According to the operator, besides Gorman's plane and the one piloted by Dr. Cannon, nothing else appeared on their radar. Confused and frustrated, Gorman kept tracking the strange light. It looped through the air above the airport, always out of reach. Finally... Gorman pulled within 3,000 feet of the orb, close enough to get a better look. The object seemed to be about six to eight inches wide. It shone bright white, and it was perfectly spherical. It didn't appear to have a motor or wings, and yet it rocketed through the air at impossibly high speeds that defied the laws of physics. In fact, as soon as Gorman got a good look at the orb, it sped off again. Gorman flew a Mustang P-51, one of the most powerful aircraft of the time. Even with this technology, he couldn't close the distance between himself and the object. 3,000 feet turned into 5,000, then 7,000. The strange orb must have been flying at least 600 miles per hour. 
And apparently, it was sick of being followed. Without warning, it stopped in its tracks, made a sharp turn, and flew straight at Gorman's plane. Too stunned to move, Gorman watched the object grow as it flew at his windshield. All he could see was bright, white light. Just before the orb smashed into his aircraft, he dove downward. Barely avoiding a collision. Gorman could hardly breathe. Whatever this object was, it was aggressive. He couldn't help but think of his time in World War II fighting the Axis powers. Perhaps the German army had broken their treaty and created some futuristic weapon. Or maybe this was Soviet Russia's first attack in the burgeoning Cold War. Gorman didn't have time to speculate. The orb had already pivoted and it was careening towards him once again, this time from the side. The orb shot up right before it could collide with the plane. Gorman sped upward after it until he reached an altitude of over 14,000 feet, higher than his plane could handle. For a second, his aircraft stalled out. He almost plummeted to the ground. But luckily, he managed to ride his plane just in time. When he looked around again, the orb was gone. Gorman's heart pounded in his chest. Whatever he'd chased, whatever had tried to attack him, had disappeared. With his hands still shaking, he descended onto the landing strip at Fargo's Hector Airport. Altogether, his run-in with the flying object had lasted 27 minutes. When he stepped out of the plane, his feet felt unsteady. For the last half hour, he'd felt like he was in another world. He worried that nobody else had spotted the strange orb, but his fears were unfounded. Two air traffic controllers ran toward him. They'd seen everything. From the ground, they'd watched the orb dart through the sky, Gorman's plane lagging behind it. Even though the object was less than a foot wide, it was so bright and fast that they could see it from thousands of feet below. And they weren't the only ones. Dr. A.E. Cannon, the pilot of the other plane, had also seen the orb along with his passenger. Two Civil Aeronautics Authority employees who'd been on the ground the entire evening brought the total number of witnesses to seven. All of their statements were consistent. The object was bright white and it flew through the sky at incredible speeds, which meant that Gorman couldn't have been mistaken. It wasn't an optical illusion. It wasn't his mind playing tricks on him. It was a bona fide, unidentified flying object and the United States military needed to get to the bottom of it. Coming up, Gorman reports the UFO to his commander and seeks answers. Robbing trains, rustling cattle. Pop culture usually depicts the Old West as an uncharted land with no rules. But how much of that is true? Now you can find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales in the Spotify original from ParCast, Wild Wild West. Every Thursday on Spotify, settle up to the saloon to hear about the American frontier's most ruthless outlaws and heroic gunslingers. Wild Wild West features a compilation of episodes from shows across ParCast Network and focuses on the legends that help shape American culture from sharpshooters and explorers to family feuds and lost treasure, 
the West has a history more complex than you know. Don't be a yellow belly. Follow Wild Wild West free and only on Spotify. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, back to the story. On October 1st, 1948, 25-year-old George Gorman spent 27 minutes in pursuit of a seemingly hostile, unidentified flying object. The whole incident took place above Fargo, North Dakota. Gorman, a veteran fighter pilot and member of the U.S. National Guard, described the UFO as a bright white orb about 8 inches in diameter. Six other people witnessed the activity, and they all claimed the orb reached speeds of around 600 miles per hour. This seemed impossible, and Gorman was understandably shaken. After he landed, he detailed his encounter in a sworn statement to his commander. He described the orb, saying, quote, I am convinced that there was definite thought behind its maneuvers. In other words, Gorman believed that the object was being piloted by someone or something. It wasn't a random natural occurrence. It had a purpose. Being less than a foot wide, there was no way a person could have been inside the orb. Unmanned drones existed at the time, but they almost all looked like missiles or planes. According to aerospace engineer Dr. Travis Taylor, Gorman would have recognized another plane or drone. The flying orb didn't resemble any sort of aerial technology that existed at the time, or anything that's been invented since. Gorman and his commanders struggled to make sense of what happened. They passed their report up the chain, and soon enough, U.S. Air Force investigators arrived in Fargo, North Dakota. These detectives conducted research for Project Blue Book, which we've discussed at length on this show before. It was the U.S. military's official UFO investigation dossier. Their goal was to determine if unidentified flying objects were a threat to national security. They analyzed reports in a scientific and systematic manner. At first, these investigators treated Gorman with a healthy dose of skepticism. In just a few years, they'd already received thousands of UFO reports, most of which were easily debunked. But Gorman's was different. He had witnesses to back up his account, almost all of whom were members of the U.S. military. Not to mention, the detectives discovered physical evidence as well. The investigators analyzed Gorman's plane for anything unusual. Nothing seemed to miss with the Mustang P-51 until they measured the plane using a Geiger counter. A Geiger counter is a tool that determines how radioactive an object is. The measurement revealed that the plane had a heightened level of ionized particles. In other words, it was emitting potentially dangerous radiation. This was a stunning discovery. The orb could have irradiated the Mustang P-51 when Gorman flew too close. 
Alternatively, there could have been a less alarming explanation. Planes at very high altitudes are exposed to solar radiation. This can lead aircraft to become slightly radioactive and to stay that way even after they land. In all likelihood, Gorman's plane was ionized because it flew so high up while chasing the UFO. Solar rays were to blame, not a glowing orb. Other than the radiation, Gorman's plane didn't hold any other clues. So investigators reassessed their initial impression of George Gorman. Maybe he wasn't as trustworthy as they thought. Gorman had been a fighter pilot in World War II. Even for the most level-headed soldier, the experience must have been harrowing. The trauma of war could have changed Gorman forever, and it might have made him see threats where they didn't really exist. But again, there were too many witnesses to write the encounter off as a hallucination. There had definitely been something in the sky over Fargo that night, but nobody had any theory as to what until the local Air Weather Service came forward with a possible explanation. They claimed that their scientists had released a lighted weather balloon into the sky just 10 minutes before Gorman first noticed the orb. Weather balloons are exactly what they sound like, large inflatable balloons that float into the air to monitor weather conditions. They carry instruments that collect data about atmospheric pressure, humidity, wind speeds, and more. In 1948, weather balloons looked very similar to the orb that Gorman and the other witnesses described. They were white, circular, and floated without any visible wings or engines. Plus, the Air Weather Service specified that their weather balloon emitted light. This might explain why Gorman said the orb appeared to be glowing. However, there's one major problem with this theory. The object Gorman encountered reached speeds of nearly 600 miles per hour. Weather balloons did little more than drift up and down. There's no way one could have been involved in a high-speed chase, let alone a battle. But the Air Weather Service had an explanation for this, too. They said that the balloon's apparent movement could be explained by two factors. First, Gorman's plane had been flying very fast, and in doing so, it affected the air currents around it. When he darted past the supposed weather balloon, Gorman may have created a gust of wind that pulled the object along. This would explain why the balloon seemed to zoom towards him. Second, the Air Weather Service pointed out that on October 1st, 1948, the planet Jupiter was clearly visible in the sky above Fargo. It looked like a glowing white spot in the distance. Perhaps Gorman's mind merged the images of the weather balloon and Jupiter, leading him to see a glowing orb that repeatedly flew towards and away from him. In other words, the Air Weather Service implied that George Gorman had been confused. The U.S. military seemed satisfied with this explanation, and so Project Blue Book cited the lighted weather balloon as the official explanation for the UFO. And that was the end of the government investigation into George Gorman's battle with the orb. But others found this explanation unsatisfactory. To them, the idea that Gorman, a veteran pilot with a vast knowledge of aerial technology, had been duped by a weather balloon in a planet in the night sky seemed far-fetched. 
especially when there were five other witnesses. Gorman may have gotten confused while rocketing through the sky at 400 miles per hour, but it was unlikely that all the other observers, four of whom were on the ground, had also mistaken a weather balloon and Jupiter for a high-speed UFO. It didn't make sense. But neither Gorman nor any of the other witnesses publicly opposed the military's assessment. Privately, though, Gorman had serious doubts. According to one of his close friends, he never believed that the orb was a weather balloon, a planet, or a combination of the two. After all, he had dueled with the UFO for 27 minutes, and it had come close to crashing into him more than once. It had moved deliberately and aggressively, he was certain it had a mind of its own. Even as Gorman rejected interviews and refused to make any public statements about his UFO encounter, the story of the glowing orb spread throughout the United States, and new theories about the UFO proliferated. Just like Gorman had initially suspected, many people thought the UFO might be some kind of enemy drone. Gorman's fight with the orb took place in 1948, three years after World War II ended and one year into the Cold War. At the time, people in the United States had feared two other world powers, Germany and Russia. Nazi forces were the United States' greatest enemy in World War II. Their war crimes were so atrocious, they rewrote history. Even after the war ended, tensions between Germany and the United States ran high. And even though Soviet Russia was technically allied with the United States during World War II, the two nations stood at opposite ends of an ideological divide. The USSR was a communist nation, and the U.S. government was terrified of the spread of Marxist ideology. Their differences led to the Cold War, a simmering tension between the two nations that would last over 40 years. People in both countries feared what felt like an imminent nuclear conflict. In other words, in 1948, the United States was in a precarious geopolitical position. Perhaps one or both of these nations had developed new technology, and the UFO above Fargo, North Dakota, was their first test flight. After all, unbeknownst to American civilians, Nazi scientists had already come to the United States. And they'd been invited by the U.S. government. Coming up, America hires Nazi scientists. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 platinum jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of trying therapy, learn more at BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com. Now back to the story. 
In late 1948, reports of 25-year-old George Gorman's aerial battle with a UFO spread through the United States. A total of seven witnesses had seen the glowing orb, but the U.S. military's Project Blue Book officially ruled that the orb was an optical illusion caused by a lighted weather balloon and the planet Jupiter. But many doubted this explanation, including Gorman himself. The illuminated object ignited Americans' imaginations, and some suspected the UFO might have been an enemy drone. The Nazis in post-World War II Germany could have sent the aircraft to spy on or to attack the United States. But there was a fatal flaw in this reasoning. Nazi scientists were already in the United States, and they were working with the American government. After World War II ended in 1945, the U.S. recruited former Nazi scientists to help develop new technologies. The project was called Operation Paperclip, and at the time, it was totally classified. Nobody knew that foreign war criminals were working in and for the United States. This was probably for the best. Even while it was classified, the project was controversial. Several high-ranking American officials opposed the program. In fact, President Harry Truman forbade U.S. intelligence officials from recruiting any Germans who were still active Nazi supporters. In theory, Truman required anyone working for the U.S. to denounce Nazism. But in practice, that isn't what happened. The officials who ran Operation Paperclip routinely whitewashed German scientists' backgrounds. They covered up horrifying cruelty and crimes against humanity, all to meet their ambitious goals. Operation Paperclip was about winning the Cold War, no matter the cost. United States officials allied themselves with Nazi scientists because they wanted to make sure Soviet Russians didn't. The U.S. anticipated a long and potentially violent conflict with the USSR, and they seized every possible advantage. This included hiring Nazis, if only to keep them out of Soviet hands. This meant that the German scientists who might have had the skills to build the strange glowing orb were likely already allied with the United States. It's certainly possible that these scientists double-crossed the U.S. Operation Paperclip made it possible for both former and current Nazis to enter America and access high-level information. Perhaps in their free time, these scientists got together and made a secret drone, one that could lead to the destruction of the United States. With all of Germany's top scientists in one room, they may have designed a bright, glowing drone and conducted its first test flight in the sky above Fargo, North Dakota. But that's not the only possibility. Perhaps Operation Paperclip was running smoothly, but Soviet Russia had brilliant inventors of its own. The glowing orb might have belonged to the USSR. In the late 1940s, American and Soviet scientists raced to develop technologies that would allow them to explore outer space. The glowing orb could have been a new Soviet aircraft. Remember, Gorman flew so high while chasing the UFO that his plane became radioactive. Whatever the orb was, it was capable of flying at a much higher altitude than most vehicles of the time period. 
Perhaps it had been designed to travel into space. Or maybe the orb was never meant to reach the stars. The orb was only about eight inches in diameter, but it was bright enough to be seen from the ground. Though incredibly fast, it didn't seem to be equipped with any kind of weapons, at least none that George Gorman saw. So maybe Soviet scientists designed the UFO to frighten Americans. If enough of these glowing orbs appeared in the sky over, say, New York City, the entire country might descend into chaos. The orb didn't have to be dangerous. It just had to appear to be. But the problem with this explanation is, if Nazi scientists or Soviet Russian inventors were testing out a new drone, that technology probably would have shown up again. But since October 1st, 1948, nobody has ever reported anything quite like that small, glowing orb. Aerospace engineer Dr. Travis Taylor proposed another theory. He suggested that someone in or around Fargo had been experimenting with rocketry, perhaps some university researchers. But almost as soon as Dr. Taylor proposed this explanation, he all but ruled it out. According to him, there weren't any testing facilities near Fargo. Regular scientists wouldn't have had any way to launch a projectile from the area. And even if government scientists, like the Nazis working for Operation Paperclip, were shooting off rockets, they wouldn't have done it in North Dakota. They would have gone to the military's missile grounds in White Sands, New Mexico. For Dr. Taylor, all these explanations seem to lead nowhere. He said, quote, It makes no sense that there was anything there that was man-made that they were chasing. But if the orb wasn't man-made, and it wasn't some optical illusion caused by the planet Jupiter, it must have been something truly otherworldly. Usually, reports of alien spaceships seem a little far-fetched. But in George Gorman's case, an extraterrestrial aircraft might actually be one of the best explanations. The orb seemed to defy the laws of physics. It zoomed through the air faster than any man-made object. It looked and acted unearthly. It seemed aggressive, angry even, and then it disappeared. Perhaps Gorman scared the orb away. Or maybe the UFO came to Earth to complete a mission, and its 27-minute battle with a man-made airplane was its last task. When it was finished, it zapped back to its mothership, or even back to a different dimension. It seems impossible. But the glowing orb is just one of many potentially extraterrestrial objects to appear in Earth's sky. Of the 12,618 UFO sightings recorded in Project Blue Book, 701 remain officially unexplained. The project ended in 1969, but UFO sightings never stopped. In June 2021, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a report about UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. The report said that between 2004 and 2021, the government received 144 UAP reports. Only one of them could be adequately identified. 143 of the sightings remain officially unexplained. Perhaps most shockingly, 
The report didn't rule out the possibility that these UAPs were of extraterrestrial origin. In other words, the government failed to say that these unexplained objects didn't belong to aliens. Today, it seems like U.S. officials are more willing to admit that there are mysterious flying objects they simply can't explain. Unidentified aerial phenomena are accepted as a fact of life on Earth, and members of the military are saying they're important to investigate. They might be dangerous to national or even global security. But back in 1948, when George Gorman fought with a UFO, Americans might have been less willing to admit any kind of ignorance. Fresh out of World War II and in the middle of the budding Cold War, the United States went to great lengths to avoid looking vulnerable. So even though their explanation for the Fargo UFO seemed insufficient, they doubled down on it. In their eyes, it might have been better to be wrong than to look uncertain. But their refusal to admit their ignorance actually made them less safe. By closing the book on the strange glowing orb, the U.S. military effectively destroyed any possibility of further organized investigation. The strange glowing object zoomed away. Perhaps back to Germany. Back to Russia. Back to a civilian scientist's backyard. Or even back to an alien planet. We'll likely never know where the glowing orb disappeared to. Unless one day, it returns. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Billy Pace, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Karis Allen, with writing assistance by Angela Jorgensen and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerline and research by Chelsea Wood. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Hey, partners, it's Carter from Parcast. You've probably heard stories about outlaw Jesse James, sharpshooter Annie Oakley, and the horrors of the Donner Party. But how much of what you've heard is actually true? Find out on my new series, Wild Wild West, where I head out on the frontier to find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Wild Wild West, every Thursday, free, and only on Spotify. Spotify.